Hey, welcome along. Good to have you here. Um, so here we go. This is like the second podcast now. Uh, thanks for you guys from, if you're tuning in again, if you've listened to the last one and you thought, you know, this is all right. You know, it was only the first sort of real episode, so there's more to come. Should get better. The more fights we're watching, the more um, news I can bring you from sort of behind the scenes and stuff like that. Things that, that you know, we, we're hearing from camps and um, you know, upcoming fights. This is the sort of thing I want to talk about on this podcast. As you know, um, I used to do the road jogging experience. Don't get me wrong. That is actually still going. So it's not like I've actually fully transcended into doing these. It is a fact that I wanted to sort of keep things separate because a lot of the things I talk about on the road jogging experience um, could be quite varied. And then I'd throw some fight stuff in there. Um, and it's hard, really. I suppose the balance of it is that some people don't really care about the fights. Um, some people care about the fights and they don't give a shit about the rest of the stuff. So that's why I'm here doing this one, the Fight Fans podcast, solely for you Fight Fans, just to sort of get our teeth stuck into it even more, go a little bit more in depth, spend a bit more time on on things so I'm not actually rushing to get an hour's podcast out with a million things that I'm trying to squeeze into there. Um, so where do we start, man? We've had some we've had some good fights recently. Um uh, boxing, UFC, bare knuckle, um, FC. Uh, so actually, let's start with that because picking up from the last podcast, I actually spoke about bare knuckle, and um, one of the things that I was concerned about in that fight was um, Paulie's Paulie's hands, his brittle hands. And I thought, you know, at the end of his career when he was boxing, he had brittle hands. So how is he going to, you know, come in and do bare knuckle where you know you're hitting bone? Um, you know, he's whacking Artem around the school. The guy's probably got a school of steel. Artem the goat, Lobov. Um, fair play to the guy. I'm actually, I'm actually quite surprised how he's getting on with this. He seems to have found his calling. You know, he's always been a tough guy, but he just, he never really got the the results go his way in in mixed martial arts, especially in the UFC. Um, but at least he's found something he's enjoying, and he is, he is the the steel, the Russian hammer. Um, like I said in the last podcast, I thought Paulie, um, you know, really on paper should have had, should have way outclassed, way outclassed um, Autumn with the uh, with the boxing ability that he's ha- that he has, the amount of fights that he's had, the experiences I've picked up from all over the years. You know, we're talking fists only. Um, you would think that Paulie would really sort of outclass him, um, just being able to see punches coming and stuff like that. But I suppose Autumn. He fought a little bit awkwardly. Um, he, you know, he's not a, your, your typical boxer with the typical boxing stance. Um, yeah, some of the punches come in a little bit wild. And, uh, yeah, you did catch Paulie with some, with some you know, decent shots. Um, he closed the distance enough. Uh, he, he walked through some of Paulie's uh, jabs. But I feel like, you know, he, he probably felt confident enough to be able to do that because uh, he knew that, that Paulie didn't have the power. Um, probably knew that he's got the brutal hands. So, you know, he walked through some fire to, to sort of land some of his own shots and he wobbled Paulie a couple of times. Um, so fair play to him. I, I thought it was a decent fight. Um, it wasn't amazing. didn't blow my socks off because I feel like Paulie was being a little bit cautious. And I suppose you've got to be, especially if, you know, what he said after is true and he broke his hand in the second round, then... What else can you do? You've got to. You've got to fight cautious, man. You can't just go in there with no tools. Um, you can't just go in. Um, and so I suppose he did what he had to do. 
his opinion was that he won that fight on points, kind of blasted the judges a little bit, saying they don't know shit about boxing. I don't feel like he won the fight. I felt like, uh, you know, I could have, I could have said that ended as a draw, and I, but I wasn't, I wasn't angry at the fact that um, the Autumn won. Definitely not. Um, and I suppose, I don't know, from Ben Knuckles' side, what were they thinking? Were they, are they thinking, you know, this is just a, a one-off? They're going to pay Paulie some decent money to do this fight. They probably know that he ain't going to come back and he's going to be doing fights every other week, every month, whatever it is, uh, three fights a year. They probably knew that Paulie weren't going to do that. Um, and they wanted to really just probably build up the sport by chucking a name in there, a big name like Paulie Malinaji, um, attract some eyes, get some get an audience going. Um, and then going, you know what? Fuck it, we're going to stick with Artem though. You know, if, if it's a close fight, let him, Artem have it. I don't see what's wrong with that. Because you know Artem's going to fight again. He's going to keep fighting. He, he, I can't even see him ever wanting to stop. Um, because that is it's just in him. And it, and it really feels like this is actually the perfect perfect type of, of, of martial arts form for him. Um, he's, found it, he's found something within this. Like, he can close distance. I've always thought with, with Artem, he's got a short arm. So, you know, that, that doesn't really help. We, we, Reach-wise... In boxing, um, people can keep him at bay. But even in, in mixed martial arts, if you use the legs, it reaches even further. So Artem's always had to be the fighter that's had to bring it. He's had to be the come-forward fighter, try and fight on the inside. And that's not always easy to do. So in this situation now, he can get onto the inside a bit easier. Yeah, he might have somebody who's got some more reach, but he's, he's a tough fighter and he'll probably walk through shots to, to, to get to that person. And then you've got the clinch. And I think that's really probably what caught Paulie off a bit. I don't think he, he quite realised how strong Artem would be in that clinch and not really thinking much about the, you know, the, the fact that he could get him to that clinch and, and he could he can catch him with something. And he did. And he did catch him in a clinch. Uh, not as much as I thought. And, and at the same time, you've got to give some props to Paulie Malinaji because that is a situation that he's not, he's not used to being. In boxing, they just tie each other up. They, wrap, they basically have a hug, don't they? They wrap each other up that way. Um, this is a totally different. This is an MMA clinch. Um, and this is something that obviously Paulie would have had to train for, but he's not had a great deal amount of time to train for. Yet he seemed to deal with it pretty well. As I say, he did get caught. But I, I was expecting a lot more of that. I thought that was going to be a big game plan of, of Artem's to go in there, keep getting him in that clinch, you know what I mean? Hit him with some rabbit punches, maybe step away and use an uppercut. Or, uh, just just in that clinch is where I really thought that the fight would be won for Artem if he was to win it. On the flip side, I, I also thought that Paulie would win it pretty much hands down because of the fact that his boxing skills should be um, far more superior. Um, but, hey, man, listen, both guys, they went in there, they did the thing. You know, you, you've got to give it to Paul. If he's brave, man. He knew he'd bite his hands before he went to that fight. He knew that, that Artem Lobov was no pussy and he can take a shot, you know. And and when you're going in, something like that, that's something that he's never done before. You've got to give the guy some credit, man, because, you know, I think he expected to be, uh, you know, I think he was, he was kind of nervous and that might maybe what, you know, stopped him. Um, as I said, maybe maybe the uh, the fact that he broke his hand, if that's the truth, um, that, that would have slowed him quite a bit as well. But, um, yeah, when he came out at the end and he, he sort of said, like, yeah, yeah, look at my face. Look, it doesn't look too bad, does it? 
I still got my own teeth, you know. It was like he half expected to come out of that, um, like, a, you know, a, a massive bloodbath, kind of looking the way Jason Knight looked, um, and even Artem after them two fought, because that was a fucking messy fight. Them guys, you know, they, they were both slingers, both full of heart, both granite chins, you know. That was a fucking brutal fight. Um, so I think maybe... You know, Paul is happy to walk away with a check and, and all his teeth intact. Um, obviously, Artem will be buzzing. I mean, that's a that's a big fight for him. But like I said, there's a lot of emotion that went into that because all the press conference and the shit talk, um, the fact that Artem and Conor McGregor are so close, um, you know, ex-teammates, it makes sense that it's going to be, you know, very much heightened and, and you're taking that into that, into that, squared circle with you it's a big difference you know it's a big difference from going in there and fighting without all that pressure so I take my hat off to both men and but and I understand why probably they did lean towards Artem more than anything like I said that for me I could have scored that draw I was quite happy that Artem won it but you know I can see exactly why they would do that as well because at the end of the day they want to keep this sport going and you need names you need people that are going to fight you know it's like the uh the, the main man said, you know, he don't want, he doesn't want people who aren't coming to fight. He wants people that are going there to fight. That's what they want to do. They want to be the the rawest um, sort of fighting sport out there. I suppose what what's you call it? Um, I can't even think of the name. But yeah, they want they want they want to be the rawest, the roughest, obviously the most brutal by the looks of it. Um, it's strange, you know. Obviously with MMA, it's brutal enough. Um, and you've got the, the exposed elbows and stuff, but they're not dropping constantly. But with the fists, ah, man, they're fucking constant. You know, them, them knuckles are constantly hitting cheekbones, jaws, head, eyebrows, nose. You know, that's some serious damage can be done with one shot. And, and they're getting hit multiple times. It's a pretty fucking rough spot. Pretty brutal. But kind of love it. Kind of love it. I'm, I'm, I've enjoyed what I've seen. And I like I like the uh, the little bit of chatter that was about um, Rumble Johnson fighting um, uh, not Fedor's oh, whose brother? What's his name's brother? Can't think of his name. Emilienko. I can't even pronounce his surname. But yeah, basically fighting uh, Krokop's brother. Krokop's brother uh, versus Rumble Johnson. But then Rumble played it down. He said, "No, nah, it's all bullshit. I ain't fighting." But who knows, man? Who knows? You know, money talks. Um, they want to obviously boost that sport. And the only way they're going to do that is to get some of them big names and keep up there. I heard, like, he didn't even sell amazingly. And that was having someone like Paulie Malinaji in. So they're going to have to really do something to sort of get those pay-per-view buys um, and make the money. Um, but it's early days for them, you know? I mean, shit don't happen overnight. If they keep going at the rate they're going at, I can see it you know, becoming bigger and bigger. Um, for me, in my heart, it would never take over a mixed martial arts like UFC or, or Bellator. Um, but it's fun to watch, man. And it's interesting. Um, you know, but me, for me, like, at the minute with the fights and, and how big the UFC has become, um, the matchups are being made, the standard, um, the, the fighters, everything at the minute, the UFC is hands down winning everything. Even... Even over boxing for me at the minute. You know, there's boxing. The fights are coming here and there. We're getting some good fights. Um, but then we, we're watching shit like 
Tyson Fury fighting Thomas Schwartz and knocking him out in the second round. A guy that's you know nobody's really heard of before. He's gone seen um, against against Fury. Um, I don't want to be watching these bum fights. You know, we want to be watching the big fights. We want to be seeing Wilder and Fury, Joshua and Wilder, Joshua Fury, whichever way around. All of the fuckers in the same ring fighting each other. I don't care. That's what we want. We want to see. We want to see the big names fighting each other, and that's what you get with the UFC. You're getting the big names. You're getting the big fights, and it don't even matter like if there's titles on the line or, or anything. Like Dana White will make fights that make sense. Like, oh, this guy is up and coming. He's he's just smashed three people in a row. He doesn't have to be number one contender. He doesn't have to be for a title. He's coming up against somebody on on the same level or, or whatever. You know, two two rising stars or a rising star versus a, a champion. This, you know, like your John Jones. Look, at we just seen John Jones, Thiago Silva. That was actually one of the most tentative fights I've seen John Jones ever do. Um, fight, should I say. I mean, John Jones is a fucking animal. John Jones is clearly the best light heavyweight on the planet. And, and the UFC's ever seen, no doubt, 100%. One of the pound-for-pound pound, uh, contenders, but... John Jones looked different in that fight. He, he looked like a, he was like fighting like Floyd Mayweather almost. You know, his defense was looking great, but his his offense was like, you know, come on, John, you know, you got more than this. Take it to him a little bit. Take it to him, and and it's kind of that age old thing where it kind of gets to like defending your belt. I always I always felt like that with boxers. You know, when they're coming up, when they're coming up, they're knocking the fuck out of everybody, knocking people out. And this I'll compare it to Anthony Joshua, knocking everybody out. And don't get me wrong, I kind of understand. I understand that there's got to be, there's levels. And you've got to be a little bit more cautious when you when you start, you know, stepping up them levels and you're coming against certain contenders. But you've got to keep a little bit of that core, that, that, that thing that put you there in the first place. Because let's, let's face it, right? If you've got a special talent that, that makes you what you are, that gets you to a certain place. It's like David Beckham. When David Beckham was playing football, just for instance, David Beckham and his free kicks, yeah, that's what he was renowned for. His crosses, you know, his his great play in 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 midfield, his flair, you know. If if David Beckham all of a sudden started playing uh, when he went up to Real Madrid when he left Man United, where where basically David Beckham became David Beckham when he was at Manchester United, if he'd have gone to Real Madrid and gone. I need to be a little bit more cautious now. I'm gonna. I need to sit back and defend a little bit. I'm gonna play some shorter passes. I don't want to be playing these long balls because I might fuck up. I might look stupid. You know, I don't want to hit this free kick because it might go over the bar or go wide. People are gonna think a certain way of me. You know, it's gonna it's gonna spoil my um, my worth. No, that's not what we want. We don't want to see that shit. We don't want to see fucking Michael Jordan not not doing three point shots anymore. We don't want to see him not slam dunking the ball and just putting easy shots in because, oh, well, I'm, a, I'm elite now. I'm at the top and I don't want to do anything stupid, uh, you know, potentially in, injure myself when I come down off this slam dunk or, or miss this three-point shot because of whatever. No, no, no. You got there. You are playing for that team. You are in the position that you're at now because of the way you play, because of the way you fight, Johnny Jones. Come on, man. Don't start taking your foot off the gas. Joshua, you're the same. Don't start being hesitant now. These, these people fear you because of what they've seen. They fear, 
oh man, this guy's going to fight this way. This is how he how he operates. Comes forward. I've got to be careful. They're the ones that need to be cautious. You should be putting the fear into them. That's why fucking Deontay Wilder's so good, man. That's why he's so good because he speaks and he he, he walks the walk and he talks the talk, man. And he's still telling people, I'm going to knock you out. One punch. I can do this to this day. All that shit. The way he speaks, the, the things that he says about putting people in the body bag, I don't agree with. But you know what? It's mind games, man. He's putting that fear into people like, fuck, man, this guy wants to kill me. This guy's talking about putting me in a box, separating me from my family, my wife and kids. Do you know what I mean? There's a fucking, there's some huge mind games. Mike Tyson used to do it, man. Mike Tyson used to say, I want to fucking take your head off. I want to rip his head off. Mike Tyson was a scary motherfucker. And everybody that used to get in that ring with him, they feared him, man. The majority of them, anyway. You know, and, and all of a sudden, you'll find it, right? And I, and, I, and you, can, you can literally put this to anything. There was a time, and I'm talking about Manchester United, and I'm sorry if you're from America and you're not too hot on the football scene, but, you know, Manchester United, or soccer, if, that's, uh, if you are American, but Manchester United, at one point, were pretty much damn untouchable, yeah? And Old Trafford, where they played their home, home matches, that was the theatre of dreams. That's the place where... Dreams came true where some of the best quality players in England came through, were made, and United, they were, it was a fortress. Manchester United were fucking stoppable. Manchester United were feared. When people went to Old Trafford, they were scared. When other teams came to Old Trafford, they came into that stadium half, half-hearted, man. Half like, yeah, shit. We want to beat these. It's Manchester United. But at the same time, like, fuck, it's Manchester United. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, any team, anybody, any professional athlete has always got that that drive to win, yeah? People want to win. And they have the belief. But at the same time, when when you're banging out these results every game, embarrassing teams, um, running rings around them, you know? When you're winning the league and you're going umpteen games unbeaten, at your fortress, at your home ground. That puts something in people's minds, whether they know it or not. Yeah, and that, that is already the start of that victory. They're already one step ahead by the time they even get on that pitch before they've even kicked the ball. That's the same thing as when you're going in for that fight. That's the same thing as when Joshua, before he steps in that ring, and that guy's in the ring waiting for him to come in, and all of a sudden he's realising, fuck, this is real. I'm in the ring with Anthony fucking Joshua, the guy that's knocked out 18 opponents before me, or wherever it is up to that point. Um, he knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. Now, don't get me wrong, Vladimir Klitschko was ageing, getting on a little bit, but the guy, he's never been knocked out like that. He got beat by Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury did his thing, man. You can't take that away from him. He beat him, and he beat, but he beat him over 12 rounds. Anthony Joshua dropped him three times. Not five, I think it was. Three, four, maybe even four times. And he fucking hit him with some shots. You, know, you watch that shit back, man. That's imprinted on, on these other fighters' brains. But then suddenly, he's got the titles. He's unifying the, the, the division. He's getting more cautious. He's fighting people that 
don't deserve the respect that is given them. And that's not being disrespectful to the fighter, but you can't give you can't give people the respect that they don't deserve. And you can't even give the people the respect even when they do deserve it because you're the champion, man. And you've got to take that fight to them. You've got to show them who's boss. And you've got to show them why people are scared. And Anthony Joshua, for me, he started being a little bit defensive. He did it with Joseph Parker. He did it with Carlos Takam. And I think people are looking at that and go, mm, actually, you know, he's not scary now. He's not as scary. Flip back to Manchester United. Very recently, in the past couple of years, they've, they've, they've kind of, they've gone off the boil. You know, they lost Alex Ferguson as the manager who was vital, key to their success from the start of the Premier League. You know, Alex Ferguson is an absolute genius manager and what he did for that team, um, I don't ever believe any other manager could do that um, with any team. You know, football's changed a lot now. Now we're talking about money and bringing players in through money and things. I'm talking about in the days where, you know, it wasn't about the money. It was about bringing through the youth. It was about playing players to their potential in the right positions, knowing exactly how to make that team play to the best of their abilities as individuals and as a team. What he did was masterful and nobody can take that away from him. And then since Alec, the, you know, Alex Ferguson went, Manchester United lost some big players you know, you lost to like, Ronaldo's, um, you know, before him. However, it doesn't matter. But they've replaced him as well. So we can't talk about the fact that this... Because, you know, Fergie always replaced them players. He always found a replacement. Ronaldo pretty much re replaced Beckham. And look what happened there. You know, people thought Beckham was the best. And when you lost him, it was a, a hole in the team. But, but fucking Ronaldo. Ronaldo. And look at him. He turned out to be even better than Beckham. He's one of the best to ever do it now. Um, you know, there's always there's always going to be that. And you've got to work with that. But for some reason, the team's not been clicking. They've not been playing the, the same way. And Old Trafford is no longer that fortress now. People are coming through the doors after they've seen Manchester United losing to teams like Leicester, uh, Southampton. You name it. Any team now. I mean, there was a time where you know, Manchester United, they they would never, they would never lose um, two games home and away. Home and away match against one team in a season in from a team, I would say, outside of the top four. That's happened a few times in the last couple of seasons. You know, very sloppy, conceding goals. Defence is, is pretty shocking. They've always had the good defence. But either way, what I'm saying is, when they started losing... Team started think, feeling that and seeing that and going to Old Trafford with more confidence, going, actually, they can lose. They are beatable. They're not invincible. This isn't a fortress. This is just another football match. And they are the ones that are, are showing signs of weakness. And that's exactly the same thing. It carries into the sport. And I think if John Jones continues to fight that way, at some point, he may lose a fight in the next couple of fights. I don't know. Who is it for him to fight? That's the thing. Who's going to go for next? And don't get me wrong, I ain't taking nothing away from Johnny Jones. This is only the first real time I've seen that. You know, a kind of Smith, Anthony Smith as well, but, you know, just goes to show what kind of guy Anthony Smith is. He's a motherfucker. He's a beast. He beat, he just beat Gustafsson. He finished Gustafsson. Um, 
you know, before I remember talking about uh, on, on my old podcast, um, I was talking about Anthony Smith when he was on sort of on the rise, when he was, he'd beat two legends in a row, Shogun and, um, uh, from, this is face, it's gone out of my head, uh, no come to me, but yeah, two legends on the bounce, um, and he was coming in to face uh, Volkan uh, Ozdemir. And it was like, I was going, can he, you know, these these guys who beat, these legends, yeah, they were great at one point, but they weren't in their prime. Can he go and do this now against somebody who's in the prime, who is a fucking great fighter? And his only real loss was to, was to Daniel Cormier. Smith did it. Smith beat him. Um, and then he started showing signs that actually... This guy's got the potential, and which is the reason why he got that title shot. And you kind of seen that a little bit there as well with with Jones. But you know, these five rounders are creeping in now. He's fighting more. He's fighting more frequently, which is great. But he's going longer rounds now. So is that going to catch up with him? Is it? Is he having five rounders because he's been too defensive and he's got not going for the finish? I mean, Thiago Silva fought him on a fucked up knee. I think he did his crucial ligament. Um, his ACL. Um, I think. Yeah, he had some fucked up shit going wrong with one of his legs there. And he still took a fight to John Jones. And you know what? I want to be mad if that was a draw. You know? Because he did hit Jones with some stuff. Jones is really good at defending, though. I've got to say, his defence and his, his, the way he, he crosses his arms and in his, his, his defensive defensive blocks are so good, and then and he's how he can, you know, evade a shot. You know how he can move so quickly away from stuff. He's he's really really come on in that sense, and and this is what I'm saying though. It does remind you of when the guys start to get older, um, they have to they start, they start thinking to fight differently because they don't want to get into these wars anymore. Kind of understand, but does that take away from who you are and what you're capable of? Does Jones need to fight like that now? I don't think so, man. I think Jones is still in his prime. Does AJ still need to, to, to start fighting the way he's been doing? No, he's still in his prime. Now, you Floyd Mayweather's, you get that. I get that. Floyd Mayweather's 40 fucking years old. Of course he wants to fight like that. He didn't want to get in the wars. He didn't want to get hit. Do you know what I mean? Floyd Mayweather has always had the ability to be offensive. And not be, I remember when he knocked the fuck out of Ricky Hatton. Wow. What a knockout. Man, I was rooting for Ricky Hatton. What time was that? Four or five o'clock in the morning, UK time, because it was it was over in uh, Vegas. Man, and Ricky Hatton was our was our great white UK hope. Man, the guy that was going to beat Mayweather. And I never really liked Mayweather because I just thought he was too cocky. You know, some people like that shit, but I just didn't like it. And I wanted him to get beat. And I wanted somebody to wipe that fucking smirk off his face. It didn't happen, man. And the way he flatlined Ricky Hatton, Hatton was a, a monster and never been hit like that before. Never, ever been knocked out in a fight as far as I'm aware before that. And he got fucking flatlined, man. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather was offensive. Floyd Mayweather's gone more defensive as he's got older. It makes fucking sense. It makes total sense. Why? Would you want to go in and fight a war with a young kid do you know what I mean? And go toe to toe, take damage, potentially lose his, 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 you know, his fucking amazing, amazing legacy, his, his unbeaten streak. Um, he don't want to do that shit. He did that with Conor McGregor, but that's because he knew 
that was a way to beat Conor McGregor and tire him out, wear him down. Conor McGregor wasn't ready for that style of boxing. Conor McGregor hasn't got the boxing background that some of these other guys have. You know, but you've seen it in his last few fights, with Berto, with Canelo. But that Canelo defence was a masterclass. Absolute masterclass. That's one of my favourite fights of all time. Bearing in mind I don't like Floyd Mayweather. That is one of my favourite boxing fights of all time. Just because of how much of a fucking masterclass it was. And it goes to show how good Floyd Mayweather is. Because look who he did it against. Look where Canelo is now. What a monster. And this is what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's a time for that. Don't, don't, don't write yourself off too early, guys. Because people want to see you for what we've seen you for. Why did you get into the position that you're at? Because you fought that way. Because the public backed you for fighting that way. Because they love that style. They don't want to see you all be all defensive and shit all of a sudden. You know, kind of does decrease your stock, in my opinion, if you start fighting like that. Deontay Wilder, he still goes for that. He still believes 100% in himself. And, and I'm not surprised because the power that he possesses is, is godlike. It's ridiculous. But when he talks, you know, when you see him in his, in his press conferences, when he tell, he's talking in a camera and he, he just switches it. He goes dark and his eyes are fucking beaming down the camera, beaming at this guy and his face is screwed up and he's talking his shit. Oh, I love it, man. And it, it's like, that is why he gets... Wait, wait, where he gets, you know, this is why he's still knocking people out, because they're scared. They're fucking scared of him, man. Hello, I've returned. Sorry. Uh, I had to quick, take a quick break there, because uh, somebody rudely called me. How dare they? How dare they call me in the middle of my podcast? So, listen, like I was saying with the boxing, um, you know, these fucking guys, man, they need to pack it up with the let's be so defensive. I kind of get it, but I don't, because it it isn't. I don't think it's it's beneficial, and we're seeing that with Anthony Joshua, man. You know, for, for all defensive, these guys gonna lost his titles to Andy Ruiz, and that's not that's not taking anything away from Ruiz. But come on, man, Joshua can beat this guy. Fuck the hype. I don't care what people are saying about Andy Ruiz. Let's be real, man. Cause he's beat him, yeah. He beat him once. He's a tough kid. We can see that. But he ain't gonna beat Joshua again if Joshua's heads in it. And he's, and he's fighting like that lion that he can fight like and that he can be, yeah? And he's got the right guidance. He's not going in there looking like he's just been fucking knocked out a few days before because there was something definitely wrong in that fight. You can't deny that. There's too many things going wrong. and Too many people jumping in the ring, having a go at like Eddie Hearn after his, his dad. You know, there's too much shit going on there. Trust me, mark my words, Joshua's got this guy. He can beat this Ruiz. Yeah, it's a hype thing. It's a, it's a, it's a fair play to him, man. Fair play, the guy won. But, you know, people are seeing it now afterwards going, oh, actually, Andrew Ruiz is great. You know, he, he, won, he went the distance with Parker for a fight, for, for, for a, a title fight and, and this and the other. And, and they're putting two and two together and coming up with nine, man. Because, trust me, Anthony Joshua, his pedigree, he's, he's coming along fast, yeah? And that's the only thing for me is the reason why he lost that is his inexperience mixed with some kind of complications, some problems, whether it was an anxiety attack, whatever, I don't know, pressure, whatever. Seemed to be a bit more relieved of that pressure um, after he lost. And I think he can come into this now and go, fuck it, man, I ain't got that pressure. I ain't got the belts. What have I got to lose? Let's go. I need to take that fight. 
feed that dog and fight the way that Anthony Joshua, that we know and love fights, and he will beat him, and he will knock him out. And knock him out within six rounds. Trust me. Mark my words, if this Joshua that comes back for the rematch is the Joshua that we know from the Dillian White fight, Vladimir Klitschko fight, he's coming in and he's knocking this guy out. No problem. I'm not taking anything away from Ruiz. The guy's had his moment. Now he's done well. He's, he, can, he, can, he can leave the sport happy man. Right? He can feed his family and more. He don't need to worry. His, his grandkids, grandkids are, are set for life. But believe me when I say, man, there was something not right there. I hear a lot of people, people just look at things afterwards and go, oh, well, yeah, this guy's amazing. Nah, I don't think he really is. He's a good boxer and he's got some good hand speed for his size. But he's not Anthony Joshua pedigree. He's not Olympic gold medalist knocking out fucking ex-legends who, who were undefeated for over a decade, undisputed heavyweight champions. No. He beat Anthony Joshua. Fair play. Right? But he didn't beat him the way people are making out. He didn't beat him because he was that much better than Anthony Joshua. There was something more to it. And you're going to see the difference in the rematch if Joshua comes in and, and he's not holding back and he's coming in to fight and to take those balls back if he's got that fucking motivation and drive in him, well, he should have. If he's got that dog inside of him, it's a different fight. It's a different fight. Because do you believe that Andrew Ruiz would beat Deontay Wilder? Nah. Not a chance. Ain't happening. Deontay Wilder's going to go in there. Deontay Wilder's going to be Deontay Wilder. I'm going to knock you out, boy. He's going to fucking talk his shit. He's going to go in there. Roll that Paris hand. And he's going to swing. He might get out of box a little bit by Ruiz. Like he did against Ortiz. That's a fucking dangerous fight. I can't believe he's fighting him again. Ortiz is a bad motherfucker. But again, he's, he's kind of past it. And he's only going to take that one shot. Well, he seems to find every fight. He seems to find it in him, you know, to plant that one shot on the chin. And he can hit you as hard in the 12th round as he can in the first. And he's got a fucking heat seeker on that glove, on that right hand. Because he can find that button. And put you to sleep. Every fight you see it. We've seen it. The only fight we didn't see it in was when he beat Stavern over 12. But then he went, Do you know what? Fuck this. That's not good enough. I want to fight Stavern again. Knock him out. And he did. He knocked out Tyson Fury. Just so it happened that Tyson Fury is a fucking wizard and somehow managed to wake up and get back on his feet. But he still knocked him out. He was clean, cold. Out, you know, he can knock anybody out, which is crazy for his weight as well. Going in to fight about 207 pounds, six pounds, something like that. He was when he went and fight uh, Fiori, he's a bit heavier in his next fight. Um, when he just knocked out, look at the way he knocked out Dominic Brazil, Jesus, because he knows, man, he knows he's confident with it, he believes in himself, he believes in his own ability. Different fight, man, when Joshua goes to fight Ruiz. You trust me. Mark my words. Remember this podcast. You're going to go, fuck me. He, he, he called it, man. He called it. It was a one-off. Um, and he won the belts. But a comeback, different story. It happens to the best, man. Happened to Muhammad Ali. Happened to Lennox Lewis. 
happened to Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? It's heavyweight boxing, man. That shit happens. And especially if you've already got some, some underlying issues that were going on beforehand, bad camp or whatever. Um, but regardless, it was just one of them things. You know, you can only you can only go into anything so many times and win, 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 as good as you are. And any sport, you see it with football, with, with anything. You can, there's just no sport. There's no ever, ever been any sport. Um, and, <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to take out... Floyd Mayweather uh, for this part of it, but apart from Floyd Mayweather, nobody else or, or no other team has won every single time they, they've played their sport or had a fight. Shit don't happen, man. Because there's only so many times you can get into that and win. And to be honest, you know, Floyd Mayweather, he can lose at some point, but he just managed to get to the certain part of his career where he don't need to fight anymore. And you know, he's been able to handpick his fights and fight the right people at the right times. Um, he's very clever with that. And he, he probably won't ever lose, even if he does decide to, to fight again. Regardless, at some point you've got to lose. And that's, that's a life lesson. We've all got to lose. We can't win them all. Um, and if we don't lose, we don't learn. So, you know, I think that it's a, it's a good thing for a fighter especially somebody like Joshua, he's at the right age still, he's still in his prime, he's still young, it's a good time to lose. You've got to take away, um, you've got to take away some positives from these things. You can't just look at things and be like, oh, fuck, that's it, I've lost, it's over. There's got to be some positive from them. And there's less pressure now because you don't need to be worrying about that, that zero, you don't want to lose, um, you know, that undefeated record, that's gone. Fuck that, don't worry, it's over. Just carry on fighting now. But now start fighting to the best ability. Let's not let's not fight like we fought in this last fight. Let's not be so negative. Let's not be on the back foot. Let's take it to him. Let's turn. Let's let's fight in a certain different way. Um, you know, they can go back and look at that and they can look at some of his previous fights and say, actually, let's change shit up a little bit here. You know, and, and they can learn from that loss. You know, I don't think winning all the time is good for anybody. My son is eight year old. He played a lot of football from a young age, and we were winning a lot of a lot of matches. Um, him and the rest of the team started, we got to a point where we were a pretty good team, winning a lot of matches, and they got a little bit too um, confident with that, a little bit too cocky with it, maybe. And then when they actually lost, they were shocked and upset, and, you know, didn't know how to handle it too much. You've got to have them losses, because it's only going to make you want it more. You know, next time, oh, shit, we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to piss them out there and, and fuck things up in this area of our game now because that's how we lost last time. This is how we learn. This is how we move forward. That's a life lesson, man. So moving on. Amir Khan fought in um, Saudi Arabia a few nights ago. Um, I don't know who was supposed to be fighting in the first place. Didn't take too much notice of it because it was all kind of a little bit low-key anyway. Um, I suppose Amir Khan just wanted to get into a fight with somebody who could win um, after be, being beat by Terence Crawford. Crawford. Um, yeah. Apparently, the guy who was supposed to fight, um, he pulled out through injury. And this last-minute replacement, uh, unheard-of guy, or at least unheard of by me. And I think even if you're a, 
a massive boxing fanatic, you'd have probably struggled to hear of this chap that he fought. Um, basically, super, he's a super featherweight by trade. He, he had to go up like 19 pounds or something like that to fight Amir Khan at short notice. Um, and I think Amir took him out in, what, like four rounds or something like that. I don't think the guy ever stood a chance. I think, you know, if he'd have chucked me in the ring with Amir Khan, he'd have probably got the same sort of outcome. So, Amir Khan's fought him. And then he's come out of that saying that he wants a Pacquiao fight and actually that this fight is a pretty much a done deal, providing Pacquiao stays injury-free um, in, uh, November the 8th, um, which is interesting, which I'm... I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued to see how that fight goes down. Now we know from Pacquiao's side, we can still mix it, you know, because his last fight was against Adrian Broner, um, and he outclassed him. But at the same time, I always have to I always like to look at things impartially, I like to look at it from two sides and look at it from the perspective of. You know, okay, so Pacquiao's old, so I'll always I will look at that and say, is he the same fighter as he used to be? Did he look good? Um, would he have beaten, you know, a, a, a greater opponent um, on that day? Uh, and then and then I flip that and look at his opponent. I look at Broner and go, what did he look like? And for me, there's a problem there with the way Broner fought. Broner looked. Broner looked sort of. Overly cautious again. So we're going back to the, the throwing caution to the wind again. Like, all right, okay, this is important because Broner's had his chances. Broner's always fell short, and it's always like, you know, right. Okay, I need to be cautious to win this fight now because this is kind of this could be career defining. This could be the difference whether you know I can and I move forward and get the big fights, or or whether you know I just fucking slip into the abyss, and. For me, he was just he was fighting the wrong way. He was set up all wrong to fight Pacquiao. If you watch how Marquez fought Pacquiao, like a warrior, going forward, you know, fighting in a in a way that he's bringing that fight to somebody like Pacquiao. And this is a guy back then who was a lot more dangerous, you know. And and obviously, um, Pacquiao won those first couple of fights. Two free fights. And then Marquez eventually got him, you know. Is that and this is the same old thing that I was just saying. There's only so many fights you can have, eventually you're gonna get beat. You know, and Marquez downloaded the data and he found out how to beat him. Eventually, and he fucking beat him hard. Flatlined money. Flatlined a, an in prime money. Or nearer a lot nearer to his prime at least. Now when you look at the way Broner fought on the back foot with the speed that Pacquiao still possesses, which is quite impressive for his age, he's still fast. It's hard to counterpunch. And that's what Broner was trying to do. He was trying to counterpunch Pacquiao. I don't think you can fight Pacquiao like that. You've got to get on the inside, get a bit close to him, you know, and you've got to throw him more shots, man. You can't just wait because Pacquiao was picking him off. And it seemed, it seemed too easy. Uh, and, you know, Broner won the odd round, but it was... For me, it was good 9-3 in Pacquiao's favour. And it was pretty much like a masterclass, a schooling. Um, but only because Broner allowed it to be that way. Because Broner didn't...
know how to fight in the front foot. They know how to fight. Fighting that way it was just on the, you know, the defensive and, and not bringing it to to Pacquiao. And you can't fight on that counterpunch. Um, so anyway, I'm going to move on from this one. But what what all that started from really was the Amir Khan. Um, you know, Amir Khan, Manny Pacquiao. You know, it's I'll watch it. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to watch it. Um, it'll be interesting. But it's not it's not blowing my socks off, you know. I'm not, I ain't paying for it. <laughs> Put it that way. So I'll I'll be watching it um, probably the next day, and I'll try try to avoid any kind of spoilers, and uh, yeah, just just watch it on YouTube or, or whatever whatever showing it the next day I suppose. But um, how's that going to go down? Manny Manny Pacquiao's got to beat Thurman. Um, I suppose he doesn't have to beat Thurman. It doesn't really matter that much, but he's got to fight Thurman. Um, I feel like that'll be a decent fight as well, but I can see you've got to think Thurman's going to win that. You know, if, if Pacquiao beats Thurman, Pacquiao beats Khan, definitely. Um, I'm more interested in in the Khan Pacquiao fight because of the the similarity with the styles of of speed. You know, but Khan's Khan's a slightly bigger man uh, naturally. Um, you know, it's, it's it's hard to judge anything with Khan, really. He did the, he had the fight with Terence Crawford. Yeah, he did all right. He had he had good success with Canelo before that, but he's not having. I mean, he, he's the, the the fights that he's had where he's won, like he knocked out this um, that kid. What was his name? Uh, some kind of American Italian lad, uh, De Greco or something like that. He um, you know, he's either fighting people like that who were not so well known um, or, or people like Terence Crawford you know there's kind of no in between um, and I suppose Manny Pacquiao could be an in between now, if Manny Pacquiao is sort of on his way out if he's getting he's getting on a bit um, if we see a, a bit of a you know the, a difference in levels when he comes against Thurman although the experience will be there on his side I'm not so sure how he can handle a kind of a prime fighter and one of the elite fighters I mean in my opinion you know nobody's touching and this is the thing with this division now it's like nobody's touching Crawford or Errol Spence they're the two guys to beat they're the two guys at the top and there's no really that like there's the level so you've got them and then there's a there's a there's a drop and and then you know you've got your your likes of of Thurman uh, Garcia both the Garcias um, so they're fighting actually Danny Garcia and Michael Garcia another good fight up on their eyes and that'll be good to see um, and then I'd say you've got another level between them and then the likes of Amir Khan Manny Pacquiao um, Adrian Broner um, but I don't think anybody's anywhere near the top you know Crawford and, and Junior are on a, on a different level Spence Junior for me I think has the most potential Um it's going to be interesting if the two of them fight because what I find interesting is like, is it too early? Now, you, know what? you never you never know with boxing. Is it too early for Crawford to, to uh, or, or sorry, Spence to take that fight against Crawford? I don't believe it is, but I do believe that if you, if you give it a little bit longer, if you give it another year or so, then, then Spence wins that hands down and he will become... Um, Easily could become the, the unified um, champion of that division. 
I really believe in Spencer. I think he's an absolutely amazing fighter. He's he's blistering speed, his power. He's got he's got the, the, the movement, the headwork, he's got everything that you want. You know, a little bit of something, a little bit of everything. You know, you've got certain boxers who, who have different kinds of qualities. Um, I feel like Spencer's got a really nice mixture of everything. And he really can. He's just learning and growing as he goes along. But he's already an elite boxer. Uh, he's already top of that food chain. So he's, he's definitely, for me, he's the most exciting one in that division. Um, Brooke and Khan, for me, is a bigger fight. I'd rather see that fight, the all-British clash on Sky Sports, back at home, you know, Wembley Arena, something like that. That'll get the, the crowd going. That'll get the, U, the UK going. Like Pacquiao and Khan. Like, to how much do the Americans take Khan seriously? I don't think very much. Because um, you've got to think, um, Amir Khan, he got beat by Canelo, knocked out, like, Bradley. Um, he looks like he's kind of just pushed out a little bit against um, against Crawford because he, he blamed it on the low blow. But he didn't take the amount of time that he could have took to sort of, to sort of you know, get his breath um, and carry on the fight, and I feel like it was just a, an easy option, an easy way out for him. So and he took it. Um, he was getting beaten that fight, um, and you could see Crawford was coming on stronger and stronger. And it did look like it was going to get to a point where Khan was going to end up being knocked out again. Um, he's lost to Danny Garcia. You know, pretty much every time he's gone to America, um, he, in the Mont Peterson fight, I feel like he was unlucky there. He should have. He should have had that. And the, you know, the the judges. I feel like, you know, the home, the American judges scored that in favour of their home fighter. Um, but again, he lost that. Um, the only real um, great fight that that Amir Khan won, and this is really back in his prime, was when he beat Maidana. That was a brilliant fight. And that was a great performance. That's probably one of my favourite performances from Amir Khan. Uh, he's been beaten by British Prescott. You know, he's, he's lost a lot of fights in the Americans' eyes. You know, a lot of the more domestic British fights that we've seen Khan sort of come up in that a lot of the Americans wouldn't have seen. So I don't really feel like the Americans take Khan that seriously. And at the same time, who gives a fuck about a declining Pacquiao? You know, we always wanted to see Pacquiao in his prime fighting the way he fought, winning, you know, having those epic battles like the Marquez. We always want, we wanted to see him fight um, Floyd Mayweather when they were both in the prime, you know? Um, and, and it's the same thing, like, the, the Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight. We wanted it for so many years. When we did get it, it made a lot of pay-per-view buys. Um, and this is, bear in mind, two fighters prolific in America, big fighters that people wanted to see fighting, coming up against each other, finally. And, and that was a shower of shit. So, for me... You know, how, how much are people in America going to get excited for Amir Khan versus Manny Pacquiao? But for me, personally, and, and talking from a UK standpoint, you're going to get a lot more juices flowing. If you send Pacquiao... Amir Khan and Kelbrook, they don't like each other. They don't get on. There's a lot of history. This, this fight, Kelbrook has been trying to make for a long time. I understood for a, a certain amount of time where, why Khan would not take this fight. He's a dangerous opponent. It's a tough fight for Khan. It's not unwinnable for Khan, though. But also, 
Capcom still still have the big enough name um, to go and get those fights with your likes of your Terence Crawford, your Canelo Alvarez. So the money um, under the lights in America, you know, everything that comes with that is very appealing. So I can see why he didn't do it. But now what you've got to think is, Amir Khan, you've got to look at your career and say, I'm not ever going to be up there where I was now. You know, the fight with Pacquiao is going to make him some money. Will it make him more than Kell Brook? Maybe. Maybe. But, you know, will it really get your fans going? This could be the biggest fight of his career. And it could be a fight to end his career, to, to go out on a high, beat Kell Brook, put all that shit to bed, right? Shut him up. You know, all his, all of all of Kell Brook's fans, shut them up. You know, if, if you're... If, if you are really confident in your ability and you want to show people how good you are, go and do that fight, man. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, the, the, the Pacquiao fight does not make any sense to me. Like They always said that they never really wanted to, or at least from Khan's side, he was never really that bothered about fighting Pacquiao because they, were, they, they used to spar together. They're friends, you know? And then all of a sudden now, flipped on his head, he's calling Pacquiao out. Take the Kelbrook route, man, and take that as your last fight. That's what I'm going to say. You know, if he really wants to and he's just making money and he's doing little low-key things, yeah, fight in Saudi Arabia. You know that he's not going to get the level of opponents that, that are, you know, he's going to come against. They're not top class, so I suppose why not? If you just want to make some quick cash uh, and knock some nobodies out, fair play, go ahead. Um, and we all know there's money over in, in, in you know, in the United uh, Arab Emirates, so... I know there's plenty of there's plenty of stuff out there in Dubai and um, Abu Dhabi and all those kinds of places. Um, if you want to make money, but the thing is with these boxes, it's hard to like, get the truth out of them because they're saying it's because you know I want to cement my legacy or you know I want to show that I'm still good enough to win the world title and I'm built there with the best. We know Khan can't be that now. Khan needs to stop joking and kidding himself because he can't. As much as I love Amir Khan, I've always been a supporter of him. I like the guy. Um, it's just time to go, you know what, let's get this domestic fight on. Let's make this fight. This fight's going to be big. I mean, maybe, maybe he's a lot um, a lot more clever than, than I'm, I'm giving him um, props for here. Maybe he's waiting it out. Maybe he's dragging this out. I'm making people wait and wait and wait and then put that fight on. I don't know. I don't feel like he is. When he said they will fight Kelbrook, Kelbrook definitely wants that fight. Let's just make it happen. You know, he's under Eddie Hearn now. I let Eddie Hearn stop with the fucking money, man, and the American shit. Like, we know that you like taking your fighters to America and, and, and making a big thing. We have got a good base for boxing in Britain. We've got some great British boxers, and we've got some amazing fans that, that follow them to Wembley, you know, the big Wembley shows, Cardiff, and even the smaller shows, your York Halls and stuff like that. We've got a great fan base. And we want to see our fighters. We want to see them fight over here. Yeah, sometimes it's good to see them in America, but stop forcing that. You know, because Amir Khan isn't that big name in America. Look what's happened to Joshua in his first fight in America. You know, potentially, if you're going to do that rematch and Joshua does lose again in America, it's over. You know, let's let's bring it back. Let's do this fight. Kelbrook, Mir Khan, 
it can be huge. Right? And it'll get a lot of juices flowing. A lot of the British public will get behind that, want to fight, make the press conferences big, keep doing the shit talking, little scuffles in the, you know, all the things that come with them. them you know, you think to, to the sort of your Derek Chisora and, uh, and, and Dillian White, what their press conference was like, David Hay, Derek Chisora, Tyson Fury. You know, when we've had these big British clashes, uh, Chris Eubank, Nigel Ben, you look at the shit talking, you look at all the build up, the lead up, it really gets everybody going. Now, I'm fucking pumped just talking about it. Talking about these types of fights. We know how to build these fights of good with our own boxers. We can make shows. Um, and, and it needs to happen. It needs to happen, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to end that there with the boxing. You know, there's been, like I said, there's been some great boxing on. Um, we pick up with um, Pacquiao and Furman because that's soon within the next uh, next month. Um and then we'll see what Pacquiao says about this fight with Khan. I hope he turns it down. Pacquiao don't need it. Um, Khan don't need it. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like one of those, it's a, it's a spectacle again. It's as if we're making a spectacle. I want to get past that and I want to see something, I want to see something special, man. Um, you know, I want to see something more meaningful. And let's talk about, let's talk more. Let's go back to the UFC. So, last UFC card um, was the John Jones, um, as we talked about earlier, John Jones versus Thiago Santos. Good fight. Good fight. Um, uh, very, um, how do I say, how to put it, very, um, very impressed, very surprised at, uh, at Thiago Santos. I know, I know he's got them big hands. I know he's got, he can, he can hit. Um, I didn't think he could last five rounds with John Jones. Um, you know, not to go over what I was saying earlier, maybe part of that is down to the fact that John Jones was being a little bit more negative in the way he was fighting. But you can't take nothing away from Santos. Great fight. The whole card was amazing. Um, Holly Holm, uh, Amanda Nunes, good for Holly Holm, really. But um, Amanda Nunes is really showing what an absolute beast she is. What an absolute beast. I mean, Amanda Nunes, she's been Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg, who I thought nobody would ever beat. I thought she was the baddest woman uh, in UFC or in MMA, MMA history. Um, so props to Amanda Nunes. She's the, she's the goat of the female divisions, any of them. Um, and, and she's kicking ass. And I, and I really like Holly Holm. And I was hoping that we'd get a little bit more from her. But, you know... She got head kicked the way that the way that she kicked uh, she head kicked um, Ronda Rousey, um, and that was a great fight. But the one what I want to talk about, which in actual fact, I can't even really call a fight, and I can't say too much about it because it lasted five seconds. Jorge Masvidal, what a fighter! Um, Obviously, like I just said, there's not much I can say about the fight because it wasn't much of a fight. It was a flying knee to the head. Um, and it looked to me like uh, Ben Askren was out straight away. And then he, he put a couple more digs on him to make sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, how exciting is, is Jorge Masvidal now for the um, welterweight division? Um, I was... 
I was always a bit never. I'd say I wasn't really a fan of um, Ben Askren's, just because I'm not really a fan of of the wrestler type. Um, I like you know a bit of diversity. It is it is the UFC. Um, it's mixed martial arts, and I like to see a little bit more. And that's some of the reason why I'm not, you know, I'm a huge fan of Khabib's because Khabib, as amazing as he is at what he does and getting people to the ground and beating the shit out of them. Um, I like to see, you know, a bit of excitement. I like to, I like to see a bit more stand-up going on um, before, you know, the the, the the fight goes to the ground. Um, sometimes it's really interesting when you get, like, jiu-jitsu, um, you know, your top jiu-jitsu guys um, and seeing how they you know, transition and how, how they, they use certain locks and uh, submissions. I like that. But as I say, a lot of it, I do like to see people with the, the kickboxer or the tie boxing or, you know, that kind of background or even just a boxing background where there's a bit more in the stand-up first. So, you know, a lot of build-up to that fight, a lot of shit-talking from Ben Askren. He's um, obviously undefeated as far as mixed martial arts has gone. So his his style has worked for him um, all that time. But then, you know, losing in five seconds the way he did was... Uh, well, I was surprised, um, as probably most people were. And the, but the, the most surprising thing, I suppose, is the fact that Masvidal, I was actually practicing that. So you can't even say it was a fluke. And, you know, it just it was just one of those spur of the moment things. And he just he just sort of came out of it because he didn't. It was something that, you know, it wasn't even 48 hours later. There was some footage released of him literally practicing that flying knee over and over again on the pad. So... You know, fair play to the guy. I mean, after knocking out Darren Till, who's our who's our English hope, um, as far as, as UFC is concerned now, um, with the fact that we don't have uh, Michael Bisping fighting anymore. Um, Darren Till looked looked good. Um, you know, when he knocked out Cowboy, um, you're thinking this guy's the real deal, and and no doubt he still is. Um, there's a lot of questioning whether. He has to cut a lot of weight or maybe too much weight to get uh, to, to welterweight. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, he he's confident that, that he's good there. And he won a hell of a lot of fights before that. He, you know, his whole background before before UFC, um, you know, his, his sort of Muay Thai days just show what kind of calibre of fighter he is. Um, but when you're in the UFC, it's the top, it's the best of the best. So just because he lost that fight, um, you know, and that was after the Woodley fight. So losing losing a championship fight, which probably came a little bit too soon. Um, he obviously went to get back on track. Masvidal flatlined him, you know, knocked him out cold. I, think, I don't think, you know, Till's been knocked out like that before. Um and that just goes to show how hard this guy can hit and what a fighter he is. And then you look at his his history, fighting on the streets and the kind of Kimbo slice backyard fight style. Um, he ain't scared of no man. And uh, he's proved himself now. And it's like, where do you go next? Does he does he fight Usman? That's an interesting fight. I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money on uh, Masvidal to to win that because Usman is a, an absolute monster. But Let's face it. I mean, I wouldn't write him off either. Um, based on those last two fights, Andy beat Cowboy in the past. 
Um, he's he's a tough, tough guy. So he's probably worthy of a title shot. And, and that's a, that is a fight that people are going to want to see. Definitely. Um, because now he's got he's got a lot of sort of support behind him. He's he's probably one of the most exciting fighters at the minute, um, just off the back of those two fights. It'd be great to see. He's also called out Conor McGregor. He wants he wants a bit of that pie. He wants that money. He knows that Conor McGregor is a money fight, and it's going to bring in. I think that would bring in a massive crowd. I think that'd be an amazing fight. Personally. I would I would not want Connor to take that fight, um, not not until he's got another win underneath him because you know look he's coming he's coming off the back of losing um, to Khabib. Uh, he's, in his last few fights, obviously before that he lost to uh, Floyd Mayweather, yeah, but which is is not is not MMA, it's not his kind of forte, but it's still a loss. He beat. He beat Nate Diaz, but he lost to Nate Diaz before that. So there's, um, you know, I'd say out of his last five fights, what is it? He's lost three. Um, and I think, you know, he just needs to get a little bit of momentum back behind him if he's going to come back. But Connor's the kind of fighter where he doesn't want no fights with any bum. And I suppose it's a kind of a double-edged sword. It's like, you know, he could he could come back and have a fight against a, a bit of an underdog, but an up and coming guy, a hungry guy who's been training while Conor's been out. And look, let's face it, Conor McGregor is making a lot of money off of his whiskey. You know, Conor McGregor actually McGregor's a brand now. Um, so, you know, when you become that big and you are that brand, um, how serious can you be? At, you know, at fighting, you've got to have a hunger inside you. And you can see that, you know, he still wants to fight. He still believes in himself. He still believes he's the best. Um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that he still wants to fight and, and, you know, cement a legacy. But at the same time, when you're, you know, when you're doing things outside of, of the octagon, um, the same way like other guys have and they've took time off where you're, your sort of opponents, your rivals are still grinding and still fighting frequently and constantly training. And, you know, it's, it's all they're focused on. It worries me that Conor McGregor isn't going to be able to compete with that. So I'm just saying, get him a tune-up fight, you know. Um, I wouldn't like to see him go straight in there and have a rematch with Khabib. I wouldn't like to see him fight Tony Ferguson. I want Tony Ferguson to compete and Khabib to fight. Obviously, there's a there's an obstacle in the way at the minute in Dustin Poirier, um, which I think as as good as Dustin looked in his his last fight, he's not going to trouble Khabib too much. Khabib is just a, a different level. He's a monster, and you know with his takedown skill, with his Russian sambo wrestling style that just works so well. It, the guy trains with with Daniel Cormier and even Daniel Cormier is on record saying that, you know, he is strong and he can hold him down and he doesn't feel like any, a lightweight. He's a big guy, Khabib. When you look at him, it doesn't even look like a lightweight. So he, he has to cut down a lot, but he still seems to maintain that strength. And, uh, you know, somebody smothering you like that, um, especially in these five round fights, tiring you out. I can see it being a long night for Dustin. I mean, the guy's got a lot of heart. I wish him all the best. If, if he won it, I wouldn't be upset at that. But 
the one thing that would bother me is, did, would we get this Tony Ferguson and Khabib fight? Because it's been on the cards, what, four times now? And it's, it's never come to fruition. There's always been injury and stuff. I really want to see this fight. Because I do think, absolutely honestly, that if anybody can beat Khabib, it is Tony. Because Tony's that guy that isn't scared to fight off his back. He's not, he's, he doesn't get under pressure from being on the ground. You know, Khabib's used to getting people down. And I think that's when it's like a rabbit in the headlights. When they freeze up, they're like, oh shit, he's now he's got me. This is where Khabib sort of comes into his own. Whereas I think when Tony's fighting off of his back, because of his, his jiu-jitsu skill and, and his striking with his elbows and stuff like that, He's not scared to be in them positions. So it would be very interesting to see how that would play out. Would Khabib want to take Tony to the ground, knowing how good he is at jiu-jitsu, um, knowing what how he opens people up with his with his elbows? And there's a post that I seen, and it was like uh, Ferguson's last seven opponents at the end of the fight, and just pictures of them. And, and, and every one of them looks like, absolute, look like they've been in a fucking shark attack. Um, you know, just the whole face covered in blood, looking an absolute mess. I mean, look at Cowboy. Look at the state of Cowboy's eye. Um, you know, look at Pettis. He, he, there's something about Tony Ferguson that I think if we're talking about will and desire, um, that, that fight of the dog, um, I think if anybody can match Khabib for that, it's going to be Tony. There's not, there's not a lot of fighters out there that I can see doing that. And that's not to say that Conor McGregor can't beat Khabib. I think a prime Conor McGregor could definitely beat Khabib at some point. But his inactivity, you know, he's, he's taken a year between fights and things now. He had two years out, I think it was, um, between fighting Alvarez uh, for the world title and then fighting Floyd Mayweather. Or, no, it wasn't, sorry. I think it was a year, but it was two years between that fight and his next UFC fight. Um, which was which was Khabib. So it's a lot of inactivity where Khabib's still grinding away. Um, it's just the way Khabib is. Is such a he's a man of faith, um, of belief, and I don't feel like you can break that will. What you can do is put somebody like Tony Ferguson in there, who could put him to sleep potentially, um, who will give him a hard time and win him over five rounds. By, by getting the better of him via striking um, off of his back or, or any any position. His style and, and the control that Tony Ferguson shows, like the, the complete control over his, his whole body. It was like a, watched an open workout before he fought Cerrone. And he's, he's just very intertwined mind and body. And he, he seems to be able to move in these special kind of ways and be able to get out of, any kind of situation, and uh, he's just he's a phenomenal striker. He can grapple, and he's got the jiu-jitsu, and I think if anybody's going to do it, it's, it's, he's the man. So I'd just love to see that fight. I'm just love. It's going to be so interesting to see how it plays out. I, I, I think that fight will be absolutely riveting, and you won't be able to take your eyes off it. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, Khabib's going to put up a great fight. It's, it'll go back and forth. Um, I'd just love to see that one. That is, that is the one. Um, Connor, I love to see him come back because he's such a showman and he's a great fighter. Um, I need to see him fight somebody. You know, Kevin Lee might even be a good fight for Connor because 
let's look at Kevin Lee now. I mean, I suppose he moved up to welterweight in his last fight, so he might want to stay there. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He he very much looks like uh, a man who's kind of in limbo and um, kind of at a crossroads where he needs that. He needs a good fight. He needs a he needs a good opponent. He needs he needs a challenge, but he also needs a bit more guidance, maybe. And since since he lost his coach, um, he's never really been the same. Like since the, the Tony Ferguson fight, which I think he he fought fucking well, um, and he had that infection. Um, he had the better of Tony for for a while, and he could have won that fight. I really believe he could have won that fight. Um, he's not he's not really seen the same since. But I think Kevin Lee's a great fighter, and his style um, against somebody like Conor McGregor would be very interesting. I think that would be a great fight for both of them. Um, it's not, and then, and at least that way, it's not just a tune-up fight, and you're not just facing a nobody. You're facing a name, um, and it's kind of a make-or-break situation for both guys. Um, and I think you know you're gonna you, you would see with them two, you would see some good striking on display. And and that's the kind of fight we'd like to see Conor in. Look at it. Conor's not, not, not the kind of fighter you want to see being taken to the ground. Uh, that's not that's not his his area of expertise. As as good as he does defend, um, you know, he isn't he isn't doing anything from, from, from down there and, and he doesn't excite you from what he's from you know, our point of view watching him. Um, but when you watch when you watch him stand up with Nate Diaz, I mean their their styles to just slug it out, they, they were perfect, and 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 the fight that they had, uh, what well, both fights, it was just it just made for such an interesting watch, so such an intense watch, you know who's gonna win? You could see Connor getting tired towards the end, and Nate being so resilient, no matter how many times Connor put him on his ass, is a fucking great great fight, and I would love to see that kind of thing. With Kevin Lee, you know, obviously Connor could potentially come back and fight Nate, um, but I'm not sure that Nate's going to come down to to lightweight. He's fighting uh, he's fighting Pettis next, which is interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to that fight. Obviously, Pettis KO'd Wonderboy. I mean, there's been some crazy results, some crazy you know things that have happened that you wouldn't expect to happen. Um, it just goes to show how good UFC is and what what kind of a sport is because you're not talking about you know there's no there's no easy math there to work it out the fact that there's so many different styles thrown into a fight I know you're putting like a wrestler against a kickboxer or a grappler against a a, a black belt jiu-jitsu you know expert it's it's all these different types of things but all these guys have a little of something but one main background that they fall back on and and seeing it all put together against another style, it just makes it what it is. And that's why, for me, it's, it's the best. It's the best fighting there is out there. There is, you know, like, um, you're boxing, I love it, and, and there's a lot of technical aspects and the sweet science and all that stuff. But it's a, it's a lot more one-dimensional, you know? You just don't know what you're going to get with the UFC. I know the amount of fights recently we've been shocked by is is crazy. Um so I kind of I've kind of gone off on a tangent, but I started off this about about Masvidal, and I think you know it'd be great to see him fight for the title. Um, yeah, Connor will be good, but I wouldn't like to see that. So 
as I was saying, he's getting a lot of sort, sort of support now. He's a lot of smoke. You know, he's built up a lot of momentum. Um, he's exciting. As I said, he's, he's kind of becoming um, one of the most kind of exciting athletes in the sport at the minute because, you know, it's the way he talks and everything. You know, he's the, the street Jesus, baptizing people and the people he is fighting and the people he's knocking out. You know, these, these are top-level people. Um, maybe, I don't think he really cares who he fights. Maybe he, fight, maybe he could um, end up fighting Covington, who's, you know, he's kind of stable mate. Covington's fighting Lawler next. Um, as tough as Lawler is, he's kind of past his prime now. So I, I see Covington getting a win there. But that'll be a good fight. That'll be a good tarot. There's so many good fights coming Leon Edwards is fighting Desanos, so there's a potential there for him to fight Leon Edwards, but I feel like that's a step in the wrong direction for Masvidal because, you know, he's fought a lot more tougher fights than, than Leon Edwards has, although they had the little the little thing in London where he served him the three-piece. But um, who knows where it's going to go? I, I would like to see that title fight, though. I feel like I suppose he deserves that now. And and in either way, it's not even about rankings anymore. It's about what people want to see. Uh, Usman's a, a top fighter. Um, so I could see that that being a, an absolute bloodbath, uh, a real good scrap. Uh, it could go five rounds of them just absolutely slugging it out. Um, very, very interesting fight. But it'd be awesome to see. Um, as far as, as Ben Askren goes, um, I think he's pulled out to bed, there's not going to be no rematch there, um, but yeah, I mean, fuck, what fights we've had recently, what cards have been put out, it's been awesome, um, I'll fast forward from that, um, we've just had uh, the return of Uriah Faber, who won his fight in the first round, 40-something seconds, I believe it was, um, against Ricky Simone, that wasn't an easy fight. Um, so Uriah's back. I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to set the world on fire, and I don't believe that he deserves a title shot against uh, Henry Cejudo uh, just to be able to leapfrog certain contenders. But this is the UFC, and this is what I'm saying. It's not about rankings. It's about what people want to see. And do you know what? Fuck it. Make it happen, man. Make it happen. It's it's the names now. Cejudo's the big name. Is the champ champ? Uriah Faber's a legend. Hall of Famer, why not? Why not? Let's see. Let's see it happen. I would say I would like to see Ryan Faber fight a little bit longer before he fights Cejudo. Cejudo's been very active and he's used to, you know, going going the, the distance and um, having these these wars. Um, yet, you know, Uriah's come back and he's fought 45 seconds um, in all in all this time. In, in what two three years has he been out? So it'd be nice to see. Um, it'd be nice to see him maybe have one more fight, a bit more of a tune-up fight, go a little bit more, go a bit longer before he gets a finish, or or go go the whole distance and just win by unanimous points decision, whatever. But something just in between there to sort of prep him for it, because I wouldn't like to see a legend just get knocked out because he's ill-prepared. Uh, I mean, Uriah says that he's, he's grinding every day in the gym and he's sparring and everything else, but I, ne- I never feel like you're getting that same thing. Um, I feel like the, the the real fights in the octagon under the lights is is the real experience. And, and that is where I think he just needs that one more. 
one more fight, Cejudo's out anyway, Cejudo's injured, he can have another fight, he can come back, it's a 45 seconds fight, he, he, he didn't get hurt from that fight, so, you know, there's no reason why he can't fight in, in, in three months' time, and then after that fight, you know, so long as he wins, he can go and fight Cejudo, so I'm really excited at the minute about the UFC, about the state of, of, of boxing, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Deontay Wilder, because uh, the heavyweight division is what's exciting me right now. Um, Deontay Wilder comes through Ortiz, because uh, Ortiz is always a danger. He's such a good technical boxer. He outboxed Deontay Wilder for many rounds. I think uh, all of, I think maybe it was round seven when Deontay finished him. But, um, you know, he was getting outclassed. He was getting outboxed by a, an old boxing head. Um, but, you know, he did, that did show his resilience. It showed his... The, Deontay's got a chin because he did take big shot from from Ortiz. He got wobbled, um, and maybe maybe he wants to go and do what he did to Stavern and, and just sort of put his mark down and say, look, you know, I learned from the first time. This time I'm going to show you what I'm all about. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me that he's, that he's took this fight, but you know what? Deontay Wilder is Deontay Wilder. He's got such confidence in himself. Um, I don't see him losing. I just think he has to be a little bit cautious. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see Fury and Wilder again. I want to see that rematch now. Um, especially because, you know, Fury had come off of two, um, you know, pretty weak fights. Um, after being out of the ring for two years, having to shed a lot of weight, and then going in with Deontay. He looked a hell of a lot sharper when he was fighting... Uh, Tom Schwartz, or when he was when he was doing the uh, open workouts for the Tom Schwartz fight, he looked so fucking sharp, razor sharp. And you know he's had that that fight with Schwartz now. Um, I like to see him go in sooner rather than later, fight Deontay, looking how he looks, um, because that could be that could be an epic fight, and that could be great for the English heavyweight division because um, you know I, I can see him doing it. I, what I do see is Fury can become sharper and better than he was last time, more elusive and not get hit with that big shot. With Wilder, I don't really see what he can change. Um, I mean, from interviews that I've heard, he said that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't connecting, he wasn't finding that punch, he wasn't landing. Um, maybe he can try and land, but when you get in somebody like Fury, who's even fitter, faster and sharper, it's going to be a tough night. It's going to be a tough night to land that on his button again and put him down. And let's face it, if he didn't put him down in that last round, that was Fury's fight. Fury had won that. All he had to do was, was avoid that knockdown. And, and that was a, a unanimous points decision. But, you know, shit happens. they got a draw. And, and it makes for a more entertaining rematch. I'm, I'm embracing that. I can't wait to see that. And I'd love to see it happen over in the UK as well. Um, obviously, AJ, he needs to come back. I think he's talking November, December time to fight um, to fight Ruiz. Um, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I think you're going to see a different AJ. I think he's going to, um, you know, make a lot of people look silly because a lot of people are talking Ruiz up so much now after that fight. I don't really believe he's as amazing as a lot of people are kind of making out. 
and and again, I, I want to reiterate that I'm not taking anything away from Ruiz. He's a good, he's a solid fighter, but Joshua's just got so more to offer, so much more to offer. Um, yeah, so it's it's all it's all building up. There's so much going on. Uh, where's John Jones gonna go next? Um, there's fights. I'm looking forward to DC versus Cormier. You know, there's there's so much fucking going on. Uh, it's great, and there's just too much to even just cram into this podcast right now. But it's been a good one. Second show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Listen, what I'm doing is um, I'm still using the Rojogan um, email. So if you guys want to email in, let me know about if you're enjoying the show. Um, send any questions in that you want me to answer, any topics you'd like me to cover, anything at all. Um, give me your feedback. I'd love that. So the email address is rojoganpodcast at mail.com. So it's just rojogan, which is R-O-E-J-O-G-A-N podcast at, and it's just mail. It's not Gmail, Ymail, anything else. It's just mail, M-A-I-L.com, rojoganpodcast at mail.com. Follow the Rojogan Instagram um, you can find that. That's just Rojogan Podcast. Um, stay tuned for more. Subscribe to this podcast. Um, we're on iTunes now. We're on Spotify. Want to get some traction behind this? I've had a great following so far with the Rojogan Podcast. Um, I'm still doing that. So if you're hearing this and you've not heard that yet, you know you can go both ways. Um, that talks more about um, fitness and health, like healthy lifestyle, well-being. Um, you know, getting your mind right. Um, amongst a whole heap of other things. Um, there's interviews on there with um, Clive Farron, who's an ex-boxer, turned boxing coach, turned PT. Um, there's a friend of mine who has his own nutrition company, um, Beast and Bug Nutrition now. That's just reminded me, I think I started off a podcast talking about that. Um, so yeah, Lee, um, Beast and Bulk Nutrition, they, they do testosterone boosters, they do amino acids, uh, fat burners, creatine, really good stuff. Um, my friend Lee, he, he devised, he started making these uh, supplements with his cousin because he's very much into nutrition, uh, very much into to weight training, um, the healthy lifestyle, his diet. Um, I've seen it in my own eyes. I've seen him train. I've trained with him. I see the way he eats, very clean. Um, very calculated, um, you know, I'll have him on this podcast and we'll go through a lot of stuff. We, we, we sort of talked a little bit on uh, the Rojogan podcast about um, his, his nutrition or his supplement range um, and a little bit about positive effects of, of going to the gym and everything else. Um, but we only kind of touched on it because it was a lot of, you know, a chat back and forth about a hell of a lot of things. That's what, I, that's what we kind of do. Um, on the Road Jogan podcast, it is it can be about anything and everything. Um, so I'd like to probably hone that in a little bit more. I'll get him on this podcast. I'll talk about um, his 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 supplements at the minute. Um, it's prime. It's, it's like prime week with Amazon. Um, if you if you want any of his supplements, um, check out Beast and Bulk Nutrition. Um, if you want to buy any of them supplements, if you use the promo code BEASTBULK10, so just the words BEASTBULK and the number 10, you'll get 10% off 
off of all your orders with Beast and Bull Nutrition. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff. So what I was saying is that he decided that why not make his own product because he knows what's going into that product. He knows what he's getting um, and he knows that, you know, it is good quality stuff and it's going to work for him. And as well as that, as he gets bigger, he wants to support and he wants to donate um, a portion of, of the, the money that they're making from um, these supplements uh, to go into things like grassroots sports um, and, and just supporting the local community, the local government to help uh, kids uh, get off the streets, get out of, you know, playing Fortnite and shit like that and, and get more into sports and exercise uh, because it's massively important that you know, kids uh, from a young age start realising, you know, what the benefits are of being active. Um, so it's, it's a good cause as, as well as as well as anything else, as well as it being a, a good quality supplement. Um, so, yeah, Facebook 10, get on Amazon, order your fat burners, your testo boosters, your, your BCAAs or your creatine. It's all up there. Um, again, one more time, at Rojogan Podcast Instagram, Podcast at mail.com. Hit me up with some of your questions. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Subscribe to this podcast. It's been awesome. I've really enjoyed it. Episode two out. Look out for episode three. Peace.